Hey, Bankless Nation, welcome to this special bonus episode and live stream. We're super excited to bring you CZ, the founder and CEO of Binance. He's going to be on in just a second. David, this is perfect timing to bring CZ on the podcast because we are in the depths of a bear market. We want to pick his brain on that, see what Binance's bear market plans are about to be. And it's also his first time on the podcast, so I'm super excited about that. I don't have my regular setup, David. You can see the background behind me. I'm in kind of like this uh, this cave type area. I had a power incident at home, but I'm super excited to uh, to live stream with you. Any any thoughts going into this one? Yeah, Ryan's setup is a bear market down bad, but of course, uh, <laughs> Binance and CZ have been through bear markets before. So we, we want to pick his brain about like there's some bear market wisdom and also see what Binance is up to uh, in this bear market. Uh, he, CZ is one of the few people in this current market environment that is like cash positive. Uh, and so like, I want to see what is in CZ's shopping cart. So I'm going to ask him all these questions in just a hot sec. Uh, we're going to bring CZ on right after we get through some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible. All right, guys, we are back with this special bonus podcast. I'm super excited about this one. We've got CZ on the podcast. He is the CEO of Binance, also the founder of Binance, the world's largest crypto exchange. CZ, welcome to Bankless. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, Ryan, David, thank you for having me, having me on the show. It's great to be here. Uh, well, it's awesome to have you. I, I got to start with this question because we are in a bear market. This is all but confirmed. We've got Ether 80% off all-time highs, Bitcoin off 70% plus. How are you guys holding up? How's Binance holding up during the bear market so far? Um, I, we're, we're fine. Um, we don't have any debts. We don't owe anybody any money. We're still profitable even today. And um, nobody, not that many people owe us money. We have pretty good um, debt control. So um, yeah, um, we're, we're pretty good. And um, yeah, so um, as David said, this is not the first time we've been through this one of these things. And we, even in the bull markets, we have always had the mentality that Bitcoin can go 80% down. Um, over over a period of time, and it may last for you know months or years. So we're okay. Yeah. What What did you guys do differently? Because um, some crypto companies, I'd call them crypto banks, maybe, are not faring so well. What was different about the positioning of Binance going into this? Um, I think many, well, the fundamentally, many companies. When we in the bull market, every com many companies just sort of expected that the bull market will continue indefinitely. Markets don't do that. Market go bull, bear, bull, bear, um, just goes in cycles. So we, we understood that and we just held a fairly large amount of cash reserves um, during the bull markets. And um, luckily also for us, our income comes into different cryptocurrencies. And stablecoin is one of those, uh, like stable coins accounts to about 25% to 30% to 30 of our income. So we're like, we're relying heavily on that now. So yeah, I think overall, we're, we're like, I just did, no, just because we're in a you know, new industry, we are quite uh, expectant of the uh, cycles. Mm -hmm. So just having that mindset really helps, I think. Yeah, certainly. And, and it's uh, paying off very, very much right now in, in this bear market. As I alluded to in the intro, I think it's basically like Binance and FTX that are the like well-capitalized players right now. Uh, and like FTX is being pretty damn aggressive with like kind of the fire sales that are going on right now. Like BlockFi is having a fire sale at like a $25 million valuation and, and FTX is trying to get in on that. I'm wondering like, what is Binance tr uh, looking at? Like with all the, uh, ca having cash on hand is a very rare opportunity at this moment. What opportunities in yeah. the crypto markets are you really looking at at the moment? Yeah, I think, um, so basically we're looking at like all the same opportunities come to all of us. Um, in fact, like we look at all the opportunities, probably we probably have first picks on all of those opportunities. Um, so we try to keep it. We try to respect the confidentiality clauses we have with our partners, so that we don't really disclose ongoing deals. Um, so if that if there's a deal in discussion, we try not to disclose much of it. And even if after it concludes, we. Uh, we still try to uh, observe the confidentiality aspects of it. But the same deals that you see in the news uh, that um, other people look at, we, they, they typically come to us first. Mm -hmm. um, so being the large, I think I'm pretty confident we have the lar by far the largest cash reserve right now. Um, and most of those, and so we do have first picks. Um, and, um, but uh, not all deals, uh, well, uh, we like we like to save the industry as much as possible, but not all the not all projects are worth saving. Um, if the projects are badly badly run, badly designed, um, other mm, problems that are hard to fix, um, then uh, it's it's 
it's generally not good to put bad money after or good money after bad money, right? We you don't want to bail out companies that are mismanaged. Um, so, um, but we do want to help the majority of companies to uh, uh, that have a little bit of a liquidity crunch to go through this cycle. And we're talking with like yeah, fifty plus of them, yeah. Wow, fifty plus of them. I think like people are taking bets, and and who's going to bail out more of these crypto companies? Is it SBF or CZ? I guess that uh, remains to be seen. I think we both have to do our part. Um, whoever has cash right now should do their part. Um, I think FTX is more U.S. focused. Um, Sam is in the U.S. all the time, etc. So, um, um, so and we're more globally uh, distributed. So we, but we're there's a large number of deals in the U.S. And also during the last couple of years, there's a lot of lending protocols developing in the U.S. Um, so quite a number of them are under liquidity crunch. So um, uh, there's more deals happening in the U.S. But we're looking at that. Um, but we're also looking at the world globally as well. But well, I think it's not one. It's not us, us versus them. It's really like let's just do. Let's all do what we can. Yeah, and what what are you? Um, how are you hoping to position Binance coming out of this? So, I mean, bear markets. If you can last, if you can sustain through them, this goes for a retail holder, bankless listener. Uh, if you sustain yourself through the bear market, you come out stronger on the other side. It also goes um, the same principle applies to crypto companies, and Binance is no exception, of course. So, you guys have an opportunity actually to get stronger during the bear market and to come back the next cycle even stronger. In what ways would you like to position yourself during the bear market to, to come out stronger? Uh, what do you kind of, what competencies are you developing? What key areas are you planning to invest in? Sure, I mean, there's two aspects, right? So for, um, for industry players like ourselves, now is actually the best time to hire talent. Um, so there's much more talent in, available in the pool now. And also, you don't have we have less other companies competing for the same talent with ridiculous um, salaries, compensation, etc. That didn't make sense. I mean, a year ago, if like a, a university grad out of college, if they knew Solidity programming, they can get an offer for half a million dollars a year. I mean, I think that's kind of you know that's a bit overboard to be honest. So now we're seeing much more reasonable uh, situations in the industry. Uh, we're looking at investing more um, in bear markets. There will be more consolidation. <clears throat> And the guys who have cash and the guys who are left standing, who have very strong business models and strong product will benefit. We actually will, uh, the, the, there will be more uh, uh, consolidation, which means basically more market share, more users. Um, the total number of users may stay the same or even drop a little bit because people, uh, some of bear market push some of the people out. But the, um, uh, the, the market share increases and the positions, uh, the, the influence in, increases. When the next bull market come, we're in a very good position to take advantage of that. Um, and then the invest, investments, M&As uh, all tied to that. For retail investors, the first thing of course is to survive. So make sure that you have enough money that your lifestyle is not impacted. Um, the second thing, if you have extra money, um, now is actually not a bad time. Well, different people use different uh, strategies. I don't wanna recommend any specific strategy, but some people like you know, micro seller, um, or Salvador, they're, they're, they're buying now so that the average cost actually comes down. Um, and if they can last for a few, uh, uh, through this bear, bear market on the next bull market, they'll have more holdings. So now it's actually a, a very cheap time to buy I, uh, well, uh, uh, if, if we're in a bear market. Um, I want to be careful uh, uh, giving financial advices, not giving financial advices. So, but uh, for retail investors, uh, it's the same. Like, you know, focus on, uh, my advice is always the same. Focus on a small number of projects that you know well and if you know that the project's gonna survive you've, uh, and you can tolerate the risk, by all means. Um, and, but understand that tomorrow the market may go down even further. Um, we don't, it may go up, it may go down. Nobody knows what's gonna to happen tomorrow. But longer term horizon, the industry is staying. The industry is not going away. Um, the, there's more apps being developed. There's more people in the industry. So um, the industry is gonna get bigger if we look at five, 10, 20 year horizons. TZ, you put out a tweet talking about how many positions that you're hiring at Binance. I want to actually go into that a little bit, but 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 first, before we do, uh, a little bit more on the bear market, because like I said in the intro again, like you've been through bear markets before, Binance has been through bear markets before, this is nothing new under the sun, a lot of us have been through bear markets before, and historically in the crypto space, bear markets last about two, two and a half years. Uh, we have this like two-year bull run, we have this two-year bear market, and these things just perpetuates. 
However, this time it does feel a little bit different. We have like this macro story of just like there's there's war in in, in Europe. Uh, we have unprecedented inflation in the United States. Like we're super indebted. The global war reserve currency is super indebted, and so. There's a lot of murmurings about like this time it might be different. So I'm wondering how have you uh, positioned Binance and Binance's cash position and your investments with this like uncertainty as to how long this bear market really lasts? Like, do, how, do you have an opinion about how long this bear market is going to be? Um, I don't really have an opinion. Um, it's very hard to predict the future, but historically we've seen very accurate four-year cycles. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also many things uh, uh, in the world that are four years. Uh, the Bitcoin halving is every four years. Um, the United President's election is every four years. Um, the stock markets goes through a four-year cycle as well. If you look, if you look at it historically, so uh, uh, it doesn't mean that the next cycle will be exactly four years. Um, but um, I think there is a pretty decent probability that that might happen. Um, and uh, but if we look at all the other different things that you that you just mentioned that you said are different, the inflation, the war, everything else, those things should really help the crypto industry. Those things which really push people to want, the inflation should push people to want to hold a limited supply asset. Mm -hmm. So um, the war and the, uh, the, the, the more the world is divided, um, the more that the Bitcoin is a very global currency that actually shines. Um, so the more, the, uh, the more those issues happen, um, the more people should need, well, the, the advantages of uh, crypto blockchain is actually more clear. So um, yeah, to be honest, to be very frank, I was kind of surprised that Bitcoin only made an all-time high at 68,000. I thought it was going to go much higher. Uh, mm -hmm. But again, uh, I was wrong. So um, I'm, I'm never good at predictions. Um, but all of those things in theory should help crypto. But the fact that right now we're going through a winter is kind of surprising to me. Uh, but again, uh, no, no one can predict markets. I can't. Um, but logics uh, do work in the long run. So that's my experience. What, what, what if, CZ, um, it takes a long time for crypto to repair, right? So, like, as you said, we're used to these, like, four-year cycles. And so I put out a tweet the other day, and I just asked people, um, what do you guys think? Uh, how much longer will the bear market go? One year, two years, three years, or five-plus years, right? 80% of crypto Twitter people said two years or less. That's what everyone's expecting. But as David was saying, this might not be the case this time. What if we're in for, and I'm optimistic that it is, of course, you know, this is bankless, we're, we're perma bulls, we're never going to be bearish on this space. But um, what if it lasts a bit longer? What if we're talking about like four years, five years, and we're still not back to Bitcoin and ETH all-time highs? Um, what happens to the industry? Does it wither away and die or are we going to be okay? I think we're going to be totally okay. Um, <clears throat> there are a group of people, there are a very large group of people that I know that it's not going away. Um, so there are some you know, new investors that get, that gets you know, shocked, surprised, fear, and they, 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 uh, they go away for a while. But um, pretty much of all the people I know who are, who, are here, who are here since 2017, those guys is going to stay. And um, as, as a business, um, I would recommend most businesses have at least 10 years of runway, 10 years of cash if they have zero income. Uh, very few traditional companies can achieve that. But in the blockchain world, um, it's actually not that hard to achieve. Um, you know, Binance, we have, we ha like the Binance coin is about $40 billion market cap. Uh, we, uh, we have the team portion we never used and we do commit to, you know, burn that. Um, and, but we also have income. Like even the team portion is was, you know, double digit billion dollars. Um, so most crypto companies sit on this, if they manage well, they could be sitting on this really large cash reserve. So, um, um, and, that, and, and even if we don't touch that, we actually still, that aside, we actually still have very healthy reserves that will last us many years. So uh, um, they are, and also in the, business, in the crypto business, um, they're very clear, very simple business models. Um, you should have revenue. And, um, um, and because we're dealing with um, crypto money, um, we're dealing with this industry, it's actually not difficult for good businesses to make money. So um, I think just sustain sustainability wise, many businesses in this industry can sustain for a very, very long time. Um, so um, I'm not too worried about it. CZ, I want to go back to that tweet where you talked about how, how we have 2,000 open positions at Binance, which is a crazy number. We're seeing layoffs at Coinbase. We're seeing layoffs at, at BlockFi. 
but you're saying that Binance has 2,000 open positions. Can you tell me a little bit more about like just the general sectors that these open positions are for? Like, is there anything in specific that the, there's like, I don't know, maybe like maybe the world of staking and staking assets is really popular right now, or there's like other protocol developments. Like, in what areas are you hiring the most? Um, I think hiring, like we're basically hiring across the entire spectrum of every position we have. Um, that typically comes down to, you know, about half of them are engineering positions. And that's always uh, the, uh, one of the hardest places to hire. Luckily, we can hire globally, so we can tap into different talent pools all around the globe, which is fantastic. Um, the second thing is, uh, in large number, is customer support. So as much AI we do, as much automation we do, uh, we still actually do need quite a large number of uh, people talking to people. Um, so we're actually offering phone support in six languages now. So people can call out, uh, people can, uh, in the app, they can, they can, use, they can do a voice call. Um, the other roles are you know, marketing, uh, legal compliance, uh, other back office roles, uh, there's many of them. So we cover a fairly wide spectrum. Uh, we also are, are hard, um, we also are in the technical side, we're also looking for different types of developers like mobile developers, web developers, blockchain developers, all of this uh, type of different roles. So um, we actually see this as the best chance to, to hire people. And then the, the people we hire today can, can, can scale our, up our system so that when the next world market comes, hopefully in a couple of years or even maybe sooner, we're ready. So we always, we always want to be ready for the next peak, uh, which is really important in our industry. And how many people does Binance employ currently? Because 2,000 is a crazy number. What number are you at currently? Uh, we're just around 6,000 right now. Wow. So we want wow. to get to about 8,000 before the end of the year. That's the target. Amazing, amazing. And, and where does the revenue come to, to support like so many people at, at this company? I think that makes you like the largest crypto company by far, right? I think today by employees, we're probably, the, we are, the, we should be the largest uh, now. Mm -hmm. um, um, our revenues are pretty simple. We, 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 charge a, we charge a fee when people trade and that's it. Uh, that's the bulk, the bulk of our revenue. Um, we have some other stuff like, you know, uh, we have M&A, which done pretty well. Uh, we have um, um, other uh, staking, et cetera. Uh, we have like margin lending um, that generates a little bit of uh, income, but those are very tiny compared to the trading fees. CZ, I got to bring uh, this up because it was just uh, hilarious with, with your tweet. You had um, this picture of yourself, which is uh, great. And then Kobe tweeted out, wait, I just realized, did you Photoshop your own head on a stock photo of someone waiting to shake hands? And I'm not even sure if you did or not, but the fact that this photo <laughs> exists is pretty hilarious. And I uh, really love your interplay on, uh, on crypto Twitter. But is this photo real or what is this? This photo, this photo is a Photoshop photo. I thought it was clear. <laughs> and uh, I didn't Photoshop it. Um, I was like, uh, uh, there was some discussion in our internal, in our, in our internal chat groups. Uh, the previous photo was the U.S. Army hiring photo. Uh, they also photo, <laughs> photoshopped my face like we want you. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, that photo. And we're saying that that photo is like a couple years old. And then one of the designers just posted this photo in the group, in the internal chat group. I was like, damn, can I, can I post it right now? <laughs> so I just took that photo um, and just posted it. And so, yeah, it was like very organic. Our team photoshopped this. I didn't. I thought it was pretty clear with, you know. <laughs> no, it, it, it just like it almost could fit. So if you're just a passerby, you kind of see it. And it takes a second look to be like, oh, my God, this is a stock photo. But this is part of what um, I think people love about uh, crypto. And what I love about crypto is it doesn't take itself too seriously you know it's somewhat still uh, irreverent and that's that's something that's special about this uh this industry um but i want to ask about you because you are you're definitely a figure at uh binance being sort of you know the founder and the, the guy who gets photoshopped into meme stock photos and that sort of thing w what are your plans are you gonna like ever retire at some plate uh at some point or is this you know cz plus binance forever um okay so uh, let me address the first part um first um i think I love the meme culture in, in the crypto space. And I think one of, the per, one of my friends told me the best. Uh, says, um, uh, he says, CZ, look, you take, you, I like the fact that you take work very seriously, but you don't take yourself very seriously. So um, I think that's the mentality I encourage people to adopt. Just no, we're just normal guys. Um, and a, 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 a designer photoshopping yourself, your head onto something else, et cetera, if you just embrace it. Um, and it's fun. It's like there's nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Um, for uh, for myself, um, I do really want I do want to retire sooner or later. 
Um, I've been CEO of Binance for five years. Um, I don't think a CEO should be, uh, should be longer than 10 years. Um, any, I think any CEO that stays in one, one, one role for 10 years, um, we get older, we get more stale, um, our thinking gets molded in a certain way. The organization becomes more fix, fixated on a certain structure, um, which may or may not, which usually uh, may be good for the company in the short term, but long term, I think uh, companies these days should be more dynamic, more uh, adjustable, and more um, changing fast, uh, fast changing with the times. So I think somewhere between now and five years later, I should retire. Um, so uh, we are looking at succession plans, um, how to train the next set of uh, talent. Um, that's actually what I spend most of the time, my time doing is dealing with the talent pool, people, uh, training, coaching, uh, making sure that we have the right organizational structure. Um, I actually don't do any specific operational stuff. I, I look much more at the human side of things. So uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I do think CEOs should not be more than 10 years. So somewhere between five to 10 years is a perfect time for, uh, for a CEO to transition out, get a, get a new blood in. And um, so I, like, when I transition out, I may become a chairman for, for a couple of years and then retire completely. Um, and then I'll, I'll be busy with other stuff. Um, there's so many, so many other interesting stuff to do as well. At what point, uh, what, what do you want Binance to become when you know that it's ready for CZ to take a step back? Like where, where is Binance today and where does it need to be before you are comfortable giving the keys to the kingdom to somebody else? What's left to do? Well, so Binance should become that, should become, should become in such a, uh, such a situation where it does not need me at all. Um, and today I'm taking steps back. I'm, I'm taking more and more steps back. I'm delegating a lot more. So today the operations of Binance, I, I can go on vacation for like, I can turn, my, I can turn off my phone for like a week. Binance will be completely fine. Even a month, I think Binance will, complete, will be completely fine. Um, there's some strategic decisions. They still come to me and ask for my opinions. I'm stepping further and further back. I'm like, like you guys decide, you guys decide. Um, th those decisions should not be made by me. So, um, and I think to be honest today, Binance is already very strong. Um, I think even if I retire today, it's not a, probably not a big deal. Um, and Binance will continue, but I would like to see Binance shape up uh, as we're growing really, really quickly. Our organizational structure is not very, uh, is not very fixed. In, in fact, we are experimenting with a lot of different structures, et cetera. We, uh, the, the structure inside Binance is very dynamic. Um, so I think you know, in a couple of years, Binance will be at a point where um, they, Binance does not need CZ, uh, which is a perfect place for Binance to be. And that's probably a, play, a time that I will say, hey, look, I can, I can chill out and do other things. Um, yeah, and for Binance, but Binance itself, I think um, this, this I want to explain as well. Uh, different companies in this industry have different, it's clear that they have different goals. Binance wants to provide tools for people to access crypto. So we want to be the infrastructure tools provider, whereas other, um, even other exchanges, we can tell that you know, um, they go into stock trading. They just want to be a trading house. Um, they, want, they, want, they want to trade and they want to, charge, uh, they want to, they want to make money on commissions. Uh, whereas we, uh, we have a lot of tools that have no revenue. Uh, you know, we have a decentralized wallet, trust wallet, um, that zero, zero income, uh, no, no revenue. Uh, we have CoinMarketCap. They used to rely on ad advertising revenue. We removed all advertising from CoinMarketCap. Um, so we just provide access to, to crypto information. So we want to be the tools provider for crypto. This is the reason why we're not, we're not going to stocks. We're not going to provide stocks trading um, uh, tools. Uh, we, we're in the Web3 crypto world. So there are some subtle differences between different companies that at least from my, from my perspective, I can, I can see. Nothing wrong or right with any of the approaches, but Binance is more of a Web3 tools provider. Yeah, okay, that's interesting, the visions. We had um, Brian Armstrong on the podcast um, a few months ago. We also had SBF, and we asked kind of similar questions of like, what do you want your companies to be when they grow up, right? And with um, when we were talking with Brian, there's kind of this dichotomy of, um, do, do you want to be more like kind of a bank? So are you trying to get um, Binance larger than uh, JP Morgan, let's say? I mean, two, 2.5 trillion in assets, something like this. Or there's this other path, because you're in Web3, you're in technology, where you could become more like a, uh, a Silicon Valley um, company, like a Facebook. Are you competing with the banks? Are you competing with like the Facebooks and the Silicon Valley companies of the world? Is it a combination of both? Or is it something net new? How would you answer that question, um, CZ? Yeah, okay. I think, I think in short, we definitely don't want to become a bank. That's very, very clear. And we actually do, also don't want to become Facebook. Uh, we, we don't want to hold people's cash, uh, money. We also don't want to hold people's data. 
Um, so you don't want to hold people's cash because you hold a lot of cash right now, right? Today we do, but I think in five, in five ten years, uh, this the centralized exchanges will be bigger than centralized exchanges. So this what? is why we this is why we invest very heavily in blockchain development, wallets, trust wallet, trust wallet, um, ISF pal, which we invested as well. We invest in multiple wallets. So I do believe that in I would say maximum in ten years, uh, De uh, Dexas, uh, DeFi is going to be bigger than uh, CFI. So there's so, a world for Binance where you guys still exist, you're still a market leader, but you have no custody of of anyone's assets and private keys. You're just kind of a conduit, a Brit. Like, what does that look like? I don't think it's like a. Uh, I think okay. I think it will take a long time for the centralized exchanges to go to zero. But I think it will take five in ten years. This DeFi is going to be bigger than uh, decentralized exchanges. Going to be bigger than centralized ones. Um, but the centralized ones will continue to play a role for many decades to come. I think because there's still many people who are much more comfortable uh, using an email and password. Um, if you like my if you ask my parents' generation, they will much prefer that instead of using a USB stick to do encrypted backups of their private keys in a distributed manner. All, all this other stuff. But I think the technology will improve uh, to a point where the decentralized stuff will, will, will be much more usable. It's actually easier to use uh, because you don't have to do KYC, you don't have to do AML. All of those are very tedious processes um, that you can have on your own control of, of your wallet. Um, uh, and also Binance is not fixated on the centralized exchange. Um, you know, many, uh, so I didn't like, um, I typically don't use uh, banks or Facebook as analogies for companies that we want to mimic. Actually, there was one other company I often do, which is Google. So Google provides a number of infrastructure services, a number of tools for people to use the internet. We do search, email, maps, all this other stuff, right? Uh, many of them are kind of free, not super free, but you know, the web two is based on an ads model. But Google provides a number of tools for the uh, for the web two for the web world. Uh, we want to be the company that provides a number of tools in the Web3 world. So uh, it doesn't have to be the centralized exchange. Many, many people thought of Google as a, as a search engine, but Google, Google is way more than just a search engine. Um, so um, that's kind of how I visualize things and how I try to uh, position Binance um, sort of a future, future, future direction. One thing that's interesting is we had um, Vitalik on the podcast not too long ago, and he was just coming back from a trip to Argentina. And he asked us the question, he said, guess the number one crypto app that people are using in Argentina. And we were like, uh, I don't know, you know, is it, is it, is it Tron? What, what is it? Uh, Binance is what he said. And I, I think that people outside of the US don't um, necessarily, or you know, outside of Europe, don't understand the breadth that Binance actually has, and particularly um, some of the you know, developing world. Uh, and I, I'm wondering if you can kind of comment on that in, with the context of Binance being kind of like Google and, and providing tools and services and like Google provides you a way to index, like see the internet, search the internet. Um, what is what is Binance providing, say, a, a community or a country like Argentina that they're not getting from their existing financial infrastructure? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think this is a very good point, actually. Um, Binance, uh, so many players focus on U.S., uh, and U.S. is the top priority. And U.S. is the largest single market by far, um, you know, 4% 4 4 of the global population with 20% of the global GDP. Um, it's very established financial economy, et cetera. So U.S. is by far the biggest market, but Binance is not, uh, we're, we're doing pretty good in the U.S., but we, at one point, actually, when Coinbase IPO'd um, last April, um, Binance U.S.'s uh, trading volume reached about 35% of Coinbase's global trading volume, just Binance U.S. So that was pretty, and then since then we have, uh, Binance U.S. been down, uh, down downtown for like three or four months uh, due to some personnel changes. And we, we since reversed that. But Binance U.S. is not, it, it, Binance does not lead in the U.S. market, but we do lead in most non-U.S. markets. Um, so even Europe, uh, in most countries, we're, we're the leading, we're, we're the leading um, uh, app that people use to interact with crypto blockchain. Um, and we also spend a lot of effort focusing on non-developed nations like you know, Africa, Latin America, et cetera. Um, and the per user income in those countries are very low. Um, so people, we have a large number of users, each one have fairly uh, low number of uh, coins, et cetera. So the revenue is not that high, but we can help millions and billions of people. Uh, today's hundreds of millions 
uh, hopefully uh, by the next bull run, we should be able to expand to billions of people. So we provide people access to financial tools they don't have access, access to. This is something that's very hard for US uh, people in developed economies to imagine. Historically, like I talked to one guy in person, historically it would take him three days to pay a, to pay a bill. He had to walk to a city, um, sit in a bank for half a day and then pay a bill. With blockchain now, he can do that in, in, in three minutes. Um, there are other countries that are the, 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 um, the local currency going through hyperinflation. And um, um, people, pe pe it used to be people, people, as soon as people get a paycheck to prevent from inflation, they go buy milk. Milk holds, more, holds, holds value more steadily than uh, fiat currencies. Wow. And milk will go bad you know, in a couple of weeks, but you know, they, they, go out, they go out and buy milk. But now with a blockchain, with, with, with Bitcoin, with crypto, they, they go buy crypto and we are the platform that, that, that let them do that. So we spend a lot of effort in different, uh, uh, in different regions. So we optimize for different parts of the world. Um, so we, we view that the world is one place and we want to provide our services globally to everybody on earth. CZ, I, I want to get into this whole how DeFi is going to get bigger than CeFi and also therefore your plans for BNB chain and how BNB chain is going to develop in this bear market as well. Uh, one quick question before we go to a quick sponsor break. Uh, there is roughly like 500 people asking me about these, this uh, Luna Classic burn in the YouTube chat. What, what's going on with the Luna Classic burn? Why are people, why are people asking about this? Do you, know, do you know anything about this? Um, in fact, actually, um, I did ask my team because I also saw, saw a bunch of messages about that. I was like, <laughs> what, what is this Luna Classic burn? Um, but it's, no one's clear what exactly that burn is supposed to be. Uh, is the team burning it? Is the exchanges burning it? Is it somebody else burning it? Um, should, we ch should we charge a fee of like 1.3% for every deposit and burn 1.2% 1. of it? Uh, no one knows, like, should we burn that? Be uh, should, we, should we burn that the, the, the revenue we make? Should we go zero fees on Luna? Um, so it's not clear what exactly that proposal is. Um, uh, it just says the community support anybody burning 1.2% of their own Luna. Great. Um, so should we just burn all of our users Luna? If we, if we, I think if we take a pool of asking specific users if they're willing to burn 1.2% of their Luna they hold, most people will probably say no. Right, right. Um, so I'm not sure what that means exactly. So um, I, I did ask our team, So, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. I think as, as long as there's a, a common consistent way and fair way that applies to everybody, we're more than happy to support whatever the, the community agrees on. Amazing. Okay, hey, go, for, go for it, Ryan. Anytime someone says Luna, I still get PTSD. Yeah. So I'm just like this is, uh, Ryan, blocking this is all Luna this classic. This is Luna classic. Oh, okay. Different story. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Okay, CZ, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions about uh, BNB chain right after we get through some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible. All right, guys, we are back with CZ from Binance. And I want to turn the conversation to the DeFi side of the world. Uh, CZ, you talked about how it's your opinion that DeFi will eventually come and eat CeFi. Uh, and I think, I think you've known, you've had this idea for a while. I think it's one of the main, uh, main motivations for spinning up BNB chain, which has, it's, I think it's like the number two blockchain that's generating revenue after Ethereum itself. Uh, and so it's got, obviously got a ton of usage. And I, I kind of just want to pick your brain about the future of, of BNB chain, because there's so many different research areas in the world of crypto. You got things like Cosmos that are doing the application specific blockchain. You got things like Ethereum that are doing the roll up centric roadmap. You have things like Solana that are trying to be this hyper scalable monolithic chain. I'm wondering what, what is the path for Binance or BNB chain? Where, where's BNB chain going in the future? Um, to be honest, I'm not sure where BNB chain is going. Um, and I only get told afterwards what, where, where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not that involved in the BNB chain development, to be honest. Uh, the developers, I do talk to a few of the key developers on you know random ad hoc basis. Um, they do ask me for some uh, for advices from time to time or even opinions, et cetera. But um, we want BNB chain to be community driven. Um, so we, we are more, we're much more on the sponsorship uh, side of things. We want to sponsor more projects to, 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 to develop a BNB chain. And we want to invest more. We want to promote it more. But exactly where it's going is a very community driven thing. Um, I know that people, uh, I've always uh, recommended them to look at scalability. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I view Ethereum as sort of the uh, blockchain that proved that smart contracts work but it's not very scalable. They can only do like 20, 30 transactions per second. Uh, so we need millions of transactions per second. So we don't have, we don't have quite had that yet, but we need to take steps uh, in that sort of scalability front. 
Um, that's my suggestion. But you know, I didn't come up with the idea of the uh, solidity com compatible EVM, uh, EVM, etc. <clears throat> it was basically the um, the few develop the, the number of developers in the community they come up with those. So um, for me, like we just want to support it. Um, we can we can support it by funding, by marketing, by branding, etc. But um, it's really up to the community on what they want to develop. How are you seeing Binance BNB Chain being used? Uh, what would you say are like the most dominant use cases that people are using BNB Chain for? I think today, <clears throat> based on a report I saw yesterday or analysis I saw yesterday, most people uh, the it's DeFi and Gamify, which are two of the largest use cases on BNB Chain. So BNB Chain actually has by far the largest number of active users on the blockchain. So um, the total TVL is smaller than Ethereum, like the total value locked is smaller than Ethereum. And, um, but the, if you look at the number of active addresses on a daily basis, it's about like, uh, I think if you put all the blockchains together, BNB Chain probably has somewhere around 60 to 80% of the active addresses on a daily basis. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a pretty majority in terms of users. Which is great because um, I've always uh, anybody I talk to, whether it's internal Binance or, or community developers, I always say focus on the users. Just get the users in. Uh, make sure that people are using your product. Um, they may or may not be paying for it or paying very much for it, but as long as they people use your product, uh, there's value. So that's really good to see. Um, so today, those two are the biggest use cases, and then uh, I really, I really want to see other use cases, you know, NFTs, metaverse, all of those things be, being built on top of, uh, or in relation to uh, BNB chain. The, the topic of the BNB, the asset, I think is actually particularly interesting. And it's something that I actually use as a frame of reference when Ethereum goes through the merge. The BNB as a, as a token and a crypto asset is the only crypto asset that has like meaningful revenue behind it due to the buyback and burn from the Binance fee exchange. And as a result of that, I think I would like to say as a result of that, like the BNB token has some of the most astounding returns in all of crypto. I think it like ICO'd in 2017 for something like three cents, five cents or something. And now it's at uh, a, a cool $218. Uh, and so that, that's a fantastic return. Uh, it, it, would you credit that the, the amazing price performance of BNB is from the, the buyback and burn model of Binance? Or, or what would you credit to the success of the price? I think uh, today, definitely not. Uh, today, the, I think the uh, burn is actually a very small part of mm -hmm. the uh, BNB uh, 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 um, uh, ecosystem value. Um, I think BNB's most value actually is derived from the DeFi world today. Um, there are so many different use cases uh, that people can use BNB for. And uh, there's BNB staking on PancakeSwap. Um, there's Venice, uh, which is a stable coin. Uh, and there's many different things that people, people can also use BNB to buy airline tickets, um, even coffee, et cetera. There's the minus card. Um, people can use BNB to pay for things. Um, so I think the burn is only a small part of it now. At the beginning, the burn may be a, like the, rev, uh, the, the burn may be a big part of it. And we have since changed the burn protocol to depend more on the activities on the BNB chain instead of revenues from, uh, uh, from Binance, et cetera. So um, uh, that change was, uh, was adopted. So um, today I think uh, uh, BNBs and including Bitcoin, et cetera, they're, they're much dependent on utility value, how many, what people use it for. Uh, if there are use cases for it, then, then it has value. So I think uh, 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 this is different from like traditional um, stocks or securities way depend on, on, on a company's revenue. Um, BNB is way, uh, I think BNB is way beyond that now. You said that BNB was, uh, you could be use it for like airline miles. Is BNB being adopted like as a medium of exchange currency in some instances? Uh, it is uh, in some, in, uh, to some extent. So uh, we have a portfolio company called Travala, uh, which you can go and buy, uh, buy airplane tickets, book hotels, Etc. And you can, of course, use BNB is a very heavily promoted uh, 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 currency there. Uh, we're partnership with, uh, you know, large shopping malls that have like 13, 29 shopping malls, um, 13 building, mega, mega buildings, etc. So we, 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 we tap into this type of uh, different uh, use cases. So um, there's a, I think there's a lot of value uh, BNB is derived from that. So CZ, I want to ask you a question about, um, you know, BNB chain and, and kind of just overall um, centralization, your philosophy on centralization versus decentralization, because there are some skeptics who, who would say BNB chain is too centralized. 
Some that would even say that it's it's maybe it's co-opting DeFi, that it's not really DeFi. And we've seen some, you know, concerns with uh, I think chains co-opting DeFi in the past. Like maybe maybe Terra was not as centralized as people thought uh, it was in, in or not as decentralized as people thought it was in the beginning. And I will say, like for Bankless, for David and myself, we have concerns about this too, right? Because the core mission of crypto to us is peer-to-peer. It's to go without banks. It's to go bankless. Like that's the name of the podcast, right? That's why we care about this stuff. And on one hand, I see all of the incredible things that BNB Chain and Binance has done for crypto, which is like you guys have onboarded millions of people, tens of millions of people, and you've made the world better in various places than it was without Binance entering. And the decentralized chains wouldn't have gotten there in the way that that you guys have. And yet at the same token, I worry about centralization vectors. I worry about our industry and our chains becoming much more like the traditional banking system that we just left. And if that's what we end up with, I will feel like the crypto experiment will have failed. What do you say to this, to concerns about centralization on, on BNB chain or about like, you know, Binance having too much influence uh, or these these sorts of uh, concerns that people have. Yeah. So, <clears throat> uh, um, so yeah. I think this is a very. Uh, thank you for what you said. I think the way you described it is actually very objective, and uh, those concerns are very valid. <clears throat> um, in the decentralized world, well, it's, first of all, decentralization centralization is not black and white. It's not one or the other. There's a spectrum of uh, different. There's number one, a spectrum. If we look at any particular aspect, and there's multiple aspects we got to look at. So each one of them is a gradient scale. Um, and so, uh, for example, if we look at any um, cryptocurrency or blockchain, uh, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin, I, I do think is by far the most decentralized blockchain, cryptocurrency, et cetera. But if you look at Bitcoin mining, um, it's quite centralized. Like, you know, the top two miners will, will, will top two or three miner, uh, mining pools will control more than 51% of the mining power. Um, and uh, <clears throat> if you look at Ethereum or BNB chain, uh, you can still associate a founder uh, with those two blockchains and many other blockchains. So Ethereum, in that sense, if Vitalik suggests some uh, changes, most likely the community will go with his suggestion. Um, uh, for BNB, uh, it, myself, um, we, can, we can still identify that, even though I'm not, I'm less technical, much less te- technical than Vitalik. But if I suggest something, the community most likely will, uh, uh, will support it. So that's centralization as well. So uh, uh, Ethereum and BNB having the identifiable funder is actually a less decentralized mechanism. And then there's you know how many nodes we uh, each blockchain has, um, and also if you look at Binance.com, yes, Binance.com is a centralized exchange. And how many users do we have? We probably do have the largest user base in crypto now, um, and also we probably hold custody of the largest funds of any single platform in, in crypto today. So all of those are centralization, type of centralizations. Uh, where there is a line, where it's good or bad, it's very, very difficult to tell. Um, and if a, uh, and as, as you said, so for example, the most decentralized manner would be like everybody working for themselves. Um, no company, no organization. Um, in a decentralized world, any two people can choose to work together. When they choose to work together, that's centralization. Um, if you and I work together, then um, we're more centralized than David <clears throat> because David is working alone. Um, so, uh, but if we all work independently, are we able to achieve the maximum impact that we can achieve today? Probably no. If, if we didn't start an organization, if we, if we didn't hire people to work on common goal, then Binance would not be able to onboard so many users into, into crypto. Uh, we would not be able to provide the kind of tools we, we could provide today for, for hundreds of millions of people that, 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 that use them today. Are those centralization? Yes. Are those bad or good? Uh, I think so far we've we've done good. Um, and but if someday um, I turn evil and then do something bad, then that's not good. So decentralization prevents uh, a single person turn or a single entity turning evil, uh, which is a good prevention measure. So, um, but in a uh, but in a decentralized world, you cannot prevent people from working together, right? So you're not supposed to interfere with other people uh, unless the, as long as they're not harming you or not harming themselves. So um, centralization will naturally form. So I think um, as long as we're centralized, we just got to be very cognizant of the fact that we're not centralization is not a goal. 
Um, also, to be honest, decentralization itself is actually not really the goal. The goal we want to we want to achieve is give people the freedom. We want to develop technologies that give people freedom, ease of use, low fees. Um, so freedom, including permissionlessness, uh, mean, meaning that if if you want to send some money to somebody to somebody else across the world, um, that's legit activity. Um, you're not doing something dodgy. You should be able to do it. Um, <clears throat> So we we want to we want to protect the fundamental properties that we want to achieve through decentralization. In the process, there will certainly be certain levels of centralization groups working together, etc. Uh, but we don't want that to be the ultimate goal. Uh, it should not be ultimate goal for a single organization to control all the world's crypto, etc. So uh, when a single organization gets too big, we should look at what, how to diversify that to the extent that we actually invest in other crypto exchanges, centralized exchanges. We invest in our competitors uh, so that uh, we, want, we, actually, we actually want other exchanges to exist, in, uh, more exchanges to exist in, the, in, the, in this, uh, in this uh, industry. Uh, this way we can grow the industry faster. Right now, we not being arrogant, but we're doing the lion's share of the work on, on, on onboarding uh, users into crypto. So we wanna see more people doing that. So um, yeah, so it's a very tricky question. There's no right or wrong, and but I I'm t I'm I'm actually very in much agreement with you. It's um, we want to be careful that we don't we don't become overly centralized, overly big, overly uh, monolithic. Can I can I just say so, David? David and I um, talk very much on Bankless about this layer zero, which is the social layer of crypto, and very important layer, right? It's all of us collectively, and you have a lot of influence as a layer zero participant uh, who is running a major uh, exchange, right? And so I totally agree with you that decentralization, even of itself, it's anti-corruption technology, basically. It's a means to an end, and that end is is freedom. And I, I'm curious, maybe like personally, CZ. Um, why are you in crypto? Because like for me, look, everyone's in crypto to get wealthy, right? That's part of it. That's part of freedom as, as a matter of fact, right? You, you have some wealth, you have some financial freedom, you're no longer a wage, wage slave. Th that's fantastic. That's one reason to be in crypto. But that's not the only reason I'm in crypto, right? And I think there are many, many others who are believers in this concept of freedom, right? Actually getting out from under um, like the structures and institutions that have controlled our lives for, for too long. Why are you in crypto? Um, we asked this question of Brian Armstrong, he had a different answer and SBF of, uh, you know, FTX. Why is CZ in crypto? So I think crypto is a technology that can increase the freedom of money for billions of people around the world. And, uh, um, and in, throughout history, anytime we can increase the freedom of something, Without sacrificing other aspects, you know, security, compliance, ease of use, ex fees, etc. If we can increase the freedom of something, our civilization advances. So, if you look at freedom of speech in some countries only today, uh, freedom of press again only in some countries, um, freedom of uh, information, freedom, uh, freedom of education, freedom from slavery. Anytime those things happened, um, it, and those things happened over a number of years, they all didn't just happen like that. They all took multiple decades or even centuries. For those changes to to uh, to come, um, but when those things happen, our civilization advanced. So today we have the new technology for money that can significantly increase freedom. Today our money is not that free. Like even after you pay all your taxes, if you want to, if you like, say you you're an entrepreneur in China. In China, if you move more than fifty thousand dollars U.S. dollars out of China in any given year, that's called money laundering. Um, so if if, you, if you're a successful entrepreneur in China and you want to buy, a, buy an apartment in Paris, guess what? You won't be able to move the money legally. Um, that, this is your after-tax money. Um, so that we don't have the level of freedom there. So I do think this technology will enhance our freedom of money. And they're, they're, in Africa, 89% of people don't have access to banking. So um, they, they are stuck with using some really archaic um, uh, methods of uh, fin finances. So um, I do think this is a really, really meaningful thing for us to do. And at the same time, we want to stay 100% compliant. Um, uh, we don't want to cause any trouble. We don't want to decrease security um, aspects. So we need to maintain those aspects and, 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 and increase the freedom. Uh, for me, I think this is, for, like for me personally, this is the most meaningful thing I could be doing with my life. So, and I feel very fortunate. I feel very lucky to be in a position to make an impact like this. Um, and I, if I think about everything else that I could be doing, um, nothing had this level of impact. Um, so being, uh, being lucky enough to be in a position where I can make this type of impact is hugely rewarding. 
And this comes back to, um, I fundamentally think the most, um, we're genetically engineered to want to help others of the same kind. So if you look at animals, any animal that, doesn't, that does not want to help this same kind, like their own species, they, they, they don't have, they're usually not very competitive and they usually don't last and genetic evolution uh, evolves them out. Uh, for humans, I think we are genetically in engineered to want to help other humans. So we got to take care of ourselves first. So we got we to become financially free, taking care of ourselves, et cetera. After that, the highest, highest sense of fulfillment actually come from helping others. So when we are able to help others, uh, when I hear stories, hey, look, CZ, I, I become financially free because I was able to access crypto using your platform. That's such a strong sense of reward that I couldn't get anywhere else. This is much better than playing golf all day, uh, you know, drinking martinis, all of those. Those things are still, you know, once in a while still okay. But this, this, this is what makes me tick. So, um, and this is my life. So I wake up, this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and if I get tired, I take a nap. I wake up again, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. So for me, it's not work. It's just what am I supposed to do in, in this life? I didn't hear a full night's sleep in there. I just heard a nap. So I guess he's, he's just napping. <laughs> I do, actually, I do I do sleep pretty well. I sleep like six, seven hours in the night. And sometimes I even still, have a gap, even still have a nap in the day. <laughs> that's better than David. Better than yeah. your sleep schedule, David. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, and CZ, I definitely align with almost everything you said there. Uh, like, And going back to Ryan's talk about the layer zero, the social layer of crypto. One thing about this industry, one of the most bullish things and my favorite bullish thing about this industry is that the leaders here are largely in it for the right reasons. Like we have our grifters, we have our doquans, uh, but we, there are so many people in here that are here for the right reasons and they're ambitious and they're entrepreneurial and they know how to build. Uh, and so like that, there are such like, like so, such like hungry people that are also here for the right reasons that are supporting this entire industry. And that's one of the reasons why I think crypto has the momentum it needs to take over the world. And so if all of these people who are in it for the right reasons succeed, which I do hope and I do think that they will, where does that take crypto in five to 10 years? If all of like the super ambitious people who are in it for the right reasons all achieve their wildest dreams, which I totally intend on doing myself, I see you already doing it now, where does that end up? Where, where does that place crypto at the end of this decade? Like how big are we as an industry? Um, I think well, number one is it's not like win or not, it's not succeed or not. Like we're, we're all here persistently, consistently, pushing forward mm -hmm. sometimes a bit faster sometimes a bit slower depending on overall market conditions macroeconomics and other factors um, but we're all here we're, we're not going anywhere we're just consistently and persistently pushing this industry forward um, so i think 10 20 years from now well, 20 years from now um people people will be using like people are using blockchain crypto uh, the way they use the internet without mentioning it today i don't say like hey i'm gonna use the internet to message you uh, we just use it like no we just we just use it uh, there, there's many different applications on it so i think 10 20 years we will get there 10 years might still be a little bit tough to be honest uh, even if you look at the internet today uh, when we talk about video conferencing sometimes still doesn't work that well um, and um, so uh, but i think uh, eventually like people shouldn't be talking about blockchains people shouldn't be talking about consensus nodes and all this other geeky stuff People should be like, hey, I'm sending you some money. Uh, hey, I'm doing a fundraising globally. Uh, I'm selling my art globally. Um, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna hire some. I'm gonna hire a trainer, uh, fitness trainer in the metaverse. Um, so uh, yeah, so um, all of those things should should come naturally uh, and without mentioning any technology. We will get there. It's just a matter of time. Well, uh, CZ, this has been a really fantastic conversation. I want to thank you so much for stopping by Bankless. And uh, good luck to you during the bear market. Of course, we will be uh, watching uh, what's next for Binance and what's next for BNB Chain and what's next for you. So thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, cheers. Risks and disclaimers, everybody. Of course, none of this has been financial advice. All of crypto is risky. You could definitely lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the Bankless.